Podcast. Mike's Daily Podcast. Welcome to FM episode 2360. Mike's Daily Podcast. 2360. And it's a 1222. Today and you years ago and Mike's Daily Podcast My songs never really had a finished quality to them kind of like this song here that's called Mike's Mike's Daily Podcast Daily But if you'll excuse me Podcast I have a very hot hat on Yeah and a very warm jacket and I want to take that off right now here at Cafe Anyway somewhere in Podcastro Valley 10 the last place on earth because I don't want to be hot the whole podcast that I'm doing. So how are you today? You know, I kind of went off on the last podcast. I got a little angry about people who critique podcasts. I got angry at television shows and about how you invest in characters that go nowhere and anti-messages, anti-heroes, and the messages that they give us. But the fact of the matter is, in the end, fiction is simply that. It is fiction. We can learn from fiction. We can maybe see our inside ourselves through fiction. We can escape through fiction is the main thing. If you really want to learn something, there is the truth. There is the history. There is the nonfiction to read and watch. But in the end, really... Fiction is there to escape. And so I went back and watched the TV show that I was complaining about. <laughs> it was, uh, it, it, what's it called? Gates Chester or something like that. And it's British and it's a vicar. And here's today's podcast picture. And he, he's a priest, you know, an Anglican priest that he's solving murders with this guy. And they have all their foibles and their little demons they have to deal with. Hey, the podcast picture today, I will tell you, is me in a very happy spot there at Poplar Beach, where I used to take the late, great Basil the Boxer to. He and I would go there often. He would run on the beach and bark at the sandpipers, chase the seagulls. We had so much fun. May I tell you, if you have never had a dog in your life, get a dog at least once in your life. It's an important experience. You'll learn a lot about yourself. And this dog will be a happy, happier animal. And I have two cats now. A year, more than a year and a half after I lost Basil the Boxer. I now have two cats and they're wonderful creatures. And I learn a lot from them too. Cats are independent. They do their own thing. They take care of themselves in ways that a dog's can't. And after a dog that needed a lot of help towards the end of his life, it is very good to have a pet that's more self-sufficient. But at any rate, this podcast is going to look at this new year, 2022. And I'm looking at a nice sunset outside the windows of Cafe anyway, somewhere in Podcastro Valley 10. And I'm saying to you, 2022 If 2021 was the year The world turned the tide against the pandemic 2022 will be dominated by the need 
to adjust to learn to new realities. This according to The Economist. They also say the year will also be pivotal for uh, the world economy. And they're explaining that when they say that, The Economist, they have a picture of a guy from UPS with a bunch of deliveries. So we can only assume since this was a post they did on YouTube, uh, Twitter, one of those social media. Hey, did you hear Camila Cabello is no longer going to be on social media or something? Because she's just so fed up with hearing about, you know, her breakup with Sean Mendez. It's social media. I think a lot of us are going to disconnect from social media this year. A lot of us are going to try and get away from Zoom in 2022 because we've spent so much time on it last year. Between last year and the year before, all the Zoom time we spent. Now, that also means we're all really good with Zoom for the, for the most part. I'd say a majority of us. I did not know Zoom that well. I was taught by just about everybody else because I might get up to speed. And it, it does have its little weird things. You got to make, you got to invite people. You got to create a meeting that then everybody comes to. It has its little things you got to follow its little rules but that's according to the economist and the future of hybrid work a two-tier workforce could emerge with a highly rewarded in group and a less rewarded out group is what they say the it was hoped that the pandemic would be the great leveler in the workplace that depends on what happens next what are the benefits of working from home the hybrid work model. A hybrid work model streamlines working processes by blending office-based remote and semi-remote employees, giving all employees the autonomy they need to work productively, according to Parallels.com. For example, employees working in research and development departments that need to access specialized tools in the office and those whose work simply requires an internet connected device can both easily do their jobs under a hybrid work environment. Increasingly common remote work trends such as bring your own device, that would be BYOD, and choose your own device, that's CYOD, blend easily with a hybrid work model allowing employees to use their own devices whether working remotely or in the office and it cuts down on IT costs. These Policies can also enhance productivity since employees are more familiar with their own devices than those provided by the company. That's interesting. Now, I work in an industry that, yeah, you can have your own laptop, but in the end, you got to use the company's equipment because it's a radio station and I don't have my own transmitter. I got to use the station's transmitter. I don't have my own playlist software, the software that you need to make a station play, a radio station play. Just about all radio stations play off of some kind of playlist. I don't have that. I can't take that with me home. Um, It's got to be in one spot, in one place, and that is at work. So also I got my work team, my team that helps me out. As we go outside a cafe anyway, we're bringing Mike's Daily Podcast somewhere in Podcaster Valleyton. 
the last place on earth. They helped me out. I got to be there physically. I can't do it remotely. I can call them up, but to physically be there and to talk to the guys and say, hey, this is what needs to be done. And this is how we handle. This is how you learn technology. I mean, I'm teacher. I'm a teacher. I'm a trainer. I'm a, 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 a cheerleader. Let's go team, let's do this. And I also physically have to be there for when things go wrong. But yeah, at the same time, there's a lot I can do from home. Mainly in the checking emails, working on stuff with emails and letters and back and forth and all that. There's some of that, but ooh. Many organizations are better positioned to achieve true innovation if their employees can at least part of the time collaborate via face-to-face meetings in the same space. When all employees work from home and can only meet virtually, it can be harder for your company to innovate and thrive. Traditional office-based working and its face-to-face interactions may collaborate easier. It allows employees to socialize with their colleagues, chat during breaks, and discuss useful ideas during informal in-person conversations to help them innovate. While remote working tools do allow employees to interact with their colleagues, the interaction is not the same as that of an office setup. There's also the problem of Zoom fatigue, and that's gonna be big in 2022. Zoom fatigue. It's probably already been big in 2021, but it will reach an apex in 2022 or virtual meeting burnout, which can lead to poor communication and less collaboration in remote working. It's all about collaboration in the end. It's all about communication. It's all about, oh my gosh, you know, one person suddenly gets stuck with everything. They got to take care of everything. And that's wrong because that means people aren't communicating and one person's stuck with all of it because someone's got to get it all done in the end it's all got to get done or it doesn't get done and when it doesn't get done things go bad money gets lost work-life balance is a vital aspect of any health working environment it helps prevent burnouts and minimize stress which can negatively impact employees' mental well-being and lead to physical ailments such as hypertension, chronic aches, and heart problems. I want to tell you, as a manager, I do what I can to make my employees have a better work life. When I came into this position, there were certain rules that were in place that I worked under as an employee. Now suddenly, I'm a manager managing employees. And so... Seeing both sides of it, I saw, uh, there's some things we can do differently. They'll be a little bit better on the employees. And that's what I've tried to do. However, there are also times when the employees have to step up and do more teamwork and help each other out and help me out. Otherwise, I get stuck with everything and then I burn out. So, all in all, it's all about give and take. Even before the coronavirus pandemic struck, early studies suggested that remote working can enhance productivity. A recent report from the BCG, that's the Boston Consulting Group, Boston, report, I don't know why I went Fred Flintstone, Barney, report, this report shows that more than half of managers believe their teams are more productive working remotely. 
Productivity gains arise from three sources, greater flexibility, increased focus while working, and reduced absenteeism. Remote working allows greater flexibility since employees can work from any location at any time. As such, they can balance their workloads easily at lower personal costs. Well, there is something to be said, though, for leaving work at work. When you bring work home, then it's always there. It's at home. And that's caused all kinds of problems where people can't disconnect from work. And it's always there. But working from home, this hybrid work model can also lead to wider talent pools. An organization that employs a hybrid work model can choose a lo- choose local talent or source from global workforces. Hiring locally signals to your clients and customers that you're invested in your local community. However, this prevents you from accessing the wider pool of talent that's available. Those are pluses and minuses of that. There is also improved employer-employee trust. One of the most important and difficult to foster aspects of healthy, productive work environments is trust between employers and managers and their employees. A hybrid work model helps employees gain the trust of their employers by allowing them to show that they're just as productive, if not more so, working remotely as they are when in the office. And then there's better visibility into employee performance. Employee performance is crucial to overall organizational success as it allows managers to determine the strengths, flaws, and potential gaps that require attention. Hybrid work environments typically employ the use of more shared technology and collaboration platforms as they allow employees to seamlessly blend in office and remote work. These platforms allow managers to easily view employee activity on various tasks so they can get a clear picture of what everyone is doing. And Parallels offers that, but in the end, that's a bit pie in the sky because <laughs> that they want in parallels.com wants you to pay for all their equipment. The thing is, I think for those who don't have all that money to spend to create, I mean, it costs a lot of money to get the hybrid work model to work, to get people to work from home, all that technology. It it may be that people are going to lean more back in the original model where people show up to work, punch in, there they are, and you can see what they're doing. And then you can see if they're on the internet. If they're doing their social media stuff. If they're on Google. Do you use any of the Google apps? If so, you're probably being tracked. Yes, it's not just your employer watching you. It is Google, of course. Because they, when you don't pay for a product, you are the product. You are the one that's, they're getting money from you. Because they're getting money from what you're doing, even though you're not paying for it. Even if you turned off location history on your Google account, you're not completely in the clear yet. While disabling that setting sounds like a one and done solution, some Google apps are still storing your location data. Just opening the Google Maps app or using Google search on any platform logs your approximate location with a timestamp. This according to CNET. 
Microsoft.com and MSN.com. Of course, MSN is Microsoft, and they are one of the Fang stocks. They wait, aren't they? Let's see. Fang is uh, Facebook, Apple, Netflix, Google. Well, it's also Alphabet. Okay, I guess they aren't. But they're, of course, big tech. I guess most people would agree with that. The Associated Press found in 2018, Google has made it easier to control what location and other data is saved and what is deleted with features like your data in Maps and Search, which give you quick access to your location controls. You just have to know where to look. Turning off location history only removes when you've been with from the Google Maps timeline feature, which logs your location with certain data and specific times. Google's support page on the matter says even when turned off, some location data may continue to be saved in other settings like your web and app activity. So, yeah, we people depend on the Google Maps to find out what's going on with traffic but they're still getting information from you the pros and cons of turning off Google tracking turning off tracking means you'll see less relevant ads less helpful search recommendations and overall get a less personalized experience using the search engine and its apps and services for those who enjoy personalized ads Turning off tracking will prevent Google from predicting what you might care about. However, for those who prioritize privacy over everything, turning the setting off may be worth the loss of specificity. The bottom line, you can uh, maintain your privacy and lose the personalized internet experience or continue to see relevant ads and search suggestions instead of more random, unfiltered information. You can also delete old location history. Disabling tracking will prevent Google from storing new location information, but it doesn't delete any prior data gathered. And there's a way to do that CNET has or MSN.com. It involves opening Google.com and going into manage your Google account and the privacy and personalization, things you've done, places you've seen and go to location history through that and history settings. Stop Google from collecting your web and app activity. When you make a new Google account, Google minimizes the amount of data it collects by only keeping 18 months worth of web and app activity by default. 18 months worth. Anything older than that is deleted automatically. To stop Google from collecting your future web and app activity, also you must go to Google.com, manage your Google account, privacy and personalization, things you've done in places you've been to. And then there's the web and app activity page that you can go to. You can delete all your Google web and app activity. Uh, If you've stopped Google from collecting your web and app activity, Google still has your data from before and you can go about deleting it by once again going to google.com and manage your Google account. There's a lot you can do there and you can take your privacy into your own hands up to a point. This according to CNET. 
Hey, The Economist also says for 2022, back on Earth, expect flying taxis, 3D printing, 3D printed houses, even virtual influencers to be among the emerging technologies of the year. Virtual influencers. Not sure what that is. All in all, I find influencers annoying. <laughs> I, my lovely lady friend loves them for clothes. She watches all of these YouTube influencers that tell her about clothes to buy and whatnot, and it gives her ideas. But I'm not a fan. I, I'm influenced by places to go. I like the travel bloggers on YouTube, and they tell me interesting places to visit. One type of globetrotter will fly above the lingering dark clouds. 2022 will be a year of ambitious space missions. Yes, expect more of what we were talking about yesterday with the astronauts that we saw from Amazon, Jeff Bezos, and of course, uh, uh, Branson going into space and SpaceX, the Elon Musk organization. Cross-border traffic will not recover to pro-COVID levels until 2023 at the earliest, more likely 2024, according to The Economist. It will get wider, the gulf between China and America in 2022. And China will stick with zero COVID policy through 2022, a contrast to America's living with COVID mindset. And after all the pandemic years that we've had now too, basically, 2022 will be a year of hope. Tests and treatment for long COVID are on the horizon as well. It'll be a year of hope for millions of people whose lives have been upended by a viral infection that won't go away, this according to The Economist. Because we're entering the third year of the pandemic. New antibody and antiviral, vir, antiviral treatments and better vaccines are on the way. Yay, yay, yay. Oh, well, let's wrap up today's show, shall we? Outside a cafe anyway, somewhere in Podcastro Valley, the last place on earth. I think I struck a ne- nerve there. Podcastro Valley, Tin look who's here. Hello, Mike Matthews. It's Kelly Stewart, good chef supervisor. I've sold all the snow globes, Mike Matthews. Christmas is over. Yes, the holiday season's over. We survived. We somehow got through all the craziness. And ooh, there's some nice pink clouds in the sky outside a cafe anyway, somewhere in Podcastro Valleyton. Look at that. That's very nice. It it does. It looks like cotton candy, Mike Matthews. Very nice indeed. Look who else is here. Oh, Mike, this is Floyd the Floorman. And this is John Deere, the engineer. Yeah, the clouds look really nice. Mm -hmm. Yes. Look at that. Beautiful. Um, Next show, it'll be the wonderful... Mm, Benita, the disgruntled fiddle player and the brewmaster. You can chime in about anything we covered today. 336MM daily. 3 plus 3 equals 6MM as in Mike Matthews. Daily as in what this podcast will try to be. Let's see if we can do three days in a row and not get interrupted. We'll see about that tomorrow. Thank you for listening. 
Boy, I could not come up with a more boring way to end the podcast today, but I guess that's how we'll do it. It's episode 2360, and that's it. Goodbye. Mike's Daily Podcast is written and produced and performed by Mike Matthews. His podcast is super easy to find. Download or listen to his show and read his blog at mikesdailypodcast.com. Email Mike now at mikesdailypodcast at gmail.com. See you tomorrow. Bye.